This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come together and to be in your presence and to encourage each other to receive from you, Lord, together as a church. Thank you for all that you have done in our midst. Thank you for your wonderful plans which are at work in our lives, in our church, in, the, in our gathering. All that you do, all that you purpose to do, Lord, we pray that you'll continue to minister to us, Lord, even through the rest of the time. Let your word come to us, cleanse us, Lord, purge us, change us, revive us, awaken us, Lord, quicken us, quicken us we pray. May your name be glorified in everything that we do. Come to every single person listening to your word. Those who are here physically, those who can't be here today for whatever reason, those who are connected to us from their homes, uh, come to them all, Lord. Those who are going to watch it at a later point of time, come to them all. Let this word come to them with all relevance and clarity and conviction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So we've been on this series, uh, you know, con- considering wisdom in the light of God's word. Say wisdom. Ah, it's getting better now. Say wisdom one more time. The wisdom of God. The wisdom that he wants us to possess. Amen. And every Christian is called uh, to be living a life which displays the splendor of his wisdom, the majesty of his wisdom. Amen. Ascribe strength to God. His majesty is over Israel. The majesty of God, the splendor of God, the glory of God is over his people. It's over the church. Amen. The majesty of God is over, over you and I. And as Christians, we are called to display the the majesty of God. The splendor of his wisdom must always shine brilliantly through us. Amen. And we must desire to walk like that. You know, when the world looks at us, you know, they should not see foolishness, they should not see folly, they should see the wisdom of God at work in and through our lives, in the words that we speak, in the decisions that we make. And even as the Bible says that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ, that's what the Bible says, all, say all, all, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. Even so, it's true about us. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden within us. Why? Because Christ dwells within us. So when people look at us, when people observe us, they watch us and they take notes about our our living, they should be able to see the evidence of the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God. Your your life is a, a grand depiction of the wisdom of God. It's a grand depiction of the, of the knowledge of God, of the wisdom of God. And we are given full access to this treasure. Now we read that, you know, we have, it, you know, in, in us are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Because why we are the church, when Christ means in, in the church, yeah? The fullness, that's right, the fullness of God, the fullness of his treasure, the fullness of his wisdom and knowledge are in us. And we, that means we have access. As a church, we have access to partake. Say partake. 
and to live by and to apply the wisdom of God. It's ours to put to use. And we must, as believers, always desire and aspire to be like Jesus. We must be you know, we, we must have this one passion in life. I want to be like Jesus. I want to talk like Jesus. I want to walk like Jesus. I want to behave like Jesus. I want to respond like Jesus. People should see Jesus in me. The way I live my life. Yes. Hallelujah. The great, greatest desire that you can have in life. I would say the one desire that you must have in life. Is to be like Jesus in all that you do. Amen. The one pursuit. And I want to tell you it's not a far-fetched dream. It's not a far-fetched uh, unreachable dream. God has made a way for us. And we're going to be found in the image of Christ. We're going to be found just like Jesus when he comes. And we are being transformed. Yes. The fullness of God has come into us. The fullness of Christ has come into us. Why? So that we can radiate his knowledge, his wisdom, his glory, his brilliance through us. Amen. That's why we are called the sons of God. We look like Him. We behave like God. We talk like God. We ought to be like that. Amen? You would have heard this, this story that we have all read as... Um, okay, basically a bird laid the egg in another bird's nest. Okay? And all the, all the eggs hatched. But this one fellow was different. Only later, this fellow realized that he is not the kid of this. Because he's different. So that, that realization that I'm, I'm different comes from the fact that, he, he, that that bird was able to trace its lineage. Likewise, you ought to be able to trace your Pedigree, if I can say like that. Your lineage, your pedigree to God. Call the sons of God. God has given us the power, the privilege. Why? Because we received him. We believed in his name. So he has given us the power, the privilege, the regal authority to be called the sons of God, the children of God. Amen. And all of creation is waiting expectantly for the revelation of who we really are. See, unless we come to the full awareness that we are a child of God, that, that awareness must be continually growing in us. And when we grow in the awareness of who we are, the identity that we are, a ch I am a child of God, will set us free from behaving like other beings. We are trying to mimic the world. We are trying to mimic somebody who we think is important in the world. Whereas we have the natural instinct given to us by virtue of our born again right to be like God. Being born of God by the incorruptible seed of God's word. Being born of God. Hallelujah. What does that mean? You don't have to struggle to be like God. You don't have to struggle to be like Jesus. Now it's given to you as instinct within your spirit. It comes to you naturally, supernaturally. 
within your spirit to behave like Jesus. All you have to do is be aware of it and allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to nurture you up, to nourish you. Amen? So that your, your born again instincts will come out. I'm trying to explain in, in language that you can understand. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you all here? Amen. Now we see, uh, you know, like I said, God has already granted to us the, the power to be like Jesus, the, the, the right to be like Jesus. God has given us the right to be the children of God. The right to be the children of God. Which means we don't have to struggle to be a child of God, to look like a child of God, to behave like a child of God. He has given us the right, the power, the authority to be a child of God. So that's why I said, it's not a far-fetched dream. It's, a, it's not an unreachable uh, desire to be found like Jesus. Hallelujah. So now, look at the life of Jesus. At the age of 12, we see him having a, a conversation with the teachers of the day in the temple of Jerusalem. And the words that he spoke, he was, the Bible says, he was listening and giving answers. Who? A 12-year-old boy. Who is 12 years old here? Dami is going to be 12 next year. Anybody 12 years old here? At 12, okay, Jesus. Now imagine, 12-year-old boy. Went to the temple of Jerusalem. Sat with, okay, look at, look at all of you, look at Dami. Just step up one minute. Step up, step up. Just stand here. Let everyone see you. That's okay. Let everyone see you. Look around. Yeah. Alright, so this is a 12-year-old boy, okay? So this boy went to Jerusalem, to the temple, sat with the teachers of the day, listening to them and giving answers. And they were all amazed at the words with which he, the words which he spoke. Hallelujah, you may be seated. What is that? It's a display of the wisdom of God residing in a 12-year-old boy. And Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 says, let's read. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. What does the Bible say? Jesus kept what? What? One more time, louder please. He kept increasing in what? Increasing in wisdom. So the 12 year old boy already baffled the teachers who were present. They were all amazed. But the Bible says he kept increasing. Say increasing. Why, why, how can he get, keep, keep on increasing? We are talking about all the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge of God. It's inexhaustible. It's immeasurable. That's what the Bible says in the book of Psalms. We read, his ways are inscrutable. You cannot measure the wisdom of God. So that's why we read about Jesus, that he kept increasing in wisdom. You must have that kind of a desire. And don't quit to grow in wisdom. Never quit. Growing in wisdom. You might be 25 years out of college, you might be 35 years working in a corporate, you might be 50 years taking care of grandchildren, you might be 8 years looking out of the window. Doesn't matter. You can still be growing in the wisdom of God. 
can grow. It's a desire. I want to increase in the wisdom of God. And that's the reality of Christian living. Christian, li- living, Christian life is a life of progress. It's a, it's a life which makes advancements. It, it keeps growing. You cannot snap. See, it is uh, abnormal to stagnate as a Christian. When it comes to your wisdom, when it comes to your growth, your knowledge, your revelation, it is abnormal. It is ridiculously abnormal. It's an anomaly to stagnate in wisdom or to be slack in wisdom as a Christian. In fact, people who meet you after a couple of years must say, where have you been? Which college are you studying in? What university, which course did you do? Because you seem to have grown in wisdom. The truth of the matter is, you're a Christian and you have access to all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's hidden in Christ. Say hidden. It's hidden in the depths of God. The mysteries of God are in the depths of God. And you have access by the Spirit of God to reach out. Amen? And make it yours. So do not stagnate in wisdom. Grow in wisdom. Tell your neighbor, grow in wisdom. Tell your neighbor one more time, grow in wisdom. Grow, grow, grow. Increase in wisdom. Do not stay at the same level of wisdom and understanding. Amen? So now, in the biblical sense, to be wise means to pursue the knowledge of God. We already dealt with that. I hope you all can uh, put it all together and understand. You know, in a nutshell, to be wise means we are not talking about the wisdom of this world. We are talking about the wisdom of God. So according to the biblical perspective, to be wise means to be in pursuit of the knowledge of God. So that means instead of settling for what the world declares to you as information, what the world declares to you as facts, You must be able to rise above those facts. You must be able to rise above those pieces of information and come to a higher realization of what God thinks about it. Now I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you the the surface, the periphery. Okay? You can decide how deep you want to go into this. Look at this. I said, you know, the world is constantly throwing pieces of information to you. You're being taught facts. Say facts. Now we can be content with facts if you want. Uh, That's the way of the world. There are people who are really smart in the world. They learn all the facts. They, they, uh, you know, take in all the information. Yeah, by way of education and schooling and all those things. And training and all those things. They gain all these things and they found to be, you know, at a certain level. But as a Christian, we are not called to be majoring on those things which the world declares as information or facts. Because the word of God has a take about everything which is always contradicting the take of the world. So the Christian understanding of things is radically different from the worldview of things. Can you come with me? The Christian understanding of things is radically different. It's, it's, a, it's a world away. It's a world apart. 
the problem is we have adapted to the the world view of things we have adapted to mugging up the information and the facts that the world presents to us and we think that's the reality but the truth of the matter is there's a higher reality there's a there's a way in which god looks at things okay let's follow with me okay now at the wedding of cana jesus was there the fact was wine ran out that is a was it a lie a fact what was the reality huh there's one in the midst of them who can bring wine out of nowhere i'm trying to i'm trying to gauge your response to this you know when 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 people came to him and said that person is dead no need to come to the master's house anymore she's dead jairus's daughter is dead don't come don't come and they even told jairus why trouble the master your daughter is dead let him go is that a fact death was a fact but what was the reality wonderfully put the bible says jesus said she's only that's the problem we see the difference we are stuck with the facts of this world we are stuck with pieces of information that the world gives us but the wisdom of god will take us to a place where we see beyond what the world is telling us and that we understand god and what he can do but we can change everything he can feed 5000 men and their families with what five loaves of bread and two fish the fact says not possible but god says possible that's the wisdom of god see now this is what i want you to follow and aspire to have in life so that's why i keep repeating to you i'm not talking about the wisdom of this world i'm talking not talking about a phd from the elite university of this world i'm talking about the wisdom of god and understanding which the world cannot give you in fact an understanding which is locking horns with the understanding of this world those days the unschooled being an unschooled person became a privilege became a credential what was a the credential they've been with jesus so let's let's bring back the glory of the real credential ha 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 instead of celebrating my son is now studying in harvard university you must be celebrating my son spends time with the lord often Woo! all the parents said amen one of the parents said amen the wisdom of god it's not about the facts the so called facts and you know it's not about that godly wisdom causes us to go beyond what the world presents to us you know the world might be uh, chirping it might be parroting a narrative every single one of them might be saying the same thing but god is giving you access to a wisdom which will make you stand up and say that is wrong that's not what it is that's a fact maybe but that's not the reality you must be able to see know and understand things as god sees knows and understand things you're going to die of this that's a report of the doctor you're going to die of this 
but you must be able to see things differently how does god see it the sickness is not under death so the glory of god so wisdom is a spiritual virtue it's a divine possession we are not not talking about what the world runs after i'm talking about what god alone can give if wisdom is the revelation of the knowledge of god then living by wisdom is living by faith living by wisdom is living by which may look make you look like a fool in the eyes of the world but you're living by faith you are supposed to be working somewhere you ought to be earning by now what are you doing wasting time serving god and whatever you say wisdom the world cannot understand spiritually appraised not attainable to the natural man now the problem is the church many in the church have lost that sense to be able to understand things the way god understands a person cannot live by faith without confessing faith so living by wisdom is living by faith and living by faith is the living by the confession of faith so that means living by wisdom is the confession of your faith is evidenced by the words that you speak so if you're making the wrong confessions which means you're not living by faith which means you're not living wise that's why i said you know it's easy to look uh, you know smart in the eyes of the world you can fool anybody in the world but to be wise in the eyes of god it takes faith it takes knowledge in god's word confidence in what he says spending time with jesus the opening of his mouth you're receiving something making you wise hallelujah now we learned last week that no man can tame the tongue only the holy spirit can subdue the tongue which is otherwise a world of evil unruly evil and full of deadly poison but a life of the spirit or life in the spirit by the spirit you know the holy spirit comes into your into your life into your being and subdues and transforms this toxic tongue into a life giving medicine hallelujah the toxic tongue becomes a life giving medicine if you allow the holy spirit to take control of your tongue now today we are running standing in long queues to get that concoction which they call a medicine where whereas you actually have a medicine which works all the time your tongue your tongue works all the time faith works all the time and we got to learn this uh, sometimes it takes a little while it takes a, you know it takes some exercise for for us to understand that a tongue or a faith works all the time Amen. the problem is we didn't quite get it first time we didn't get it the second time also and we give up but we are called to go from faith to faith Amen. He has already given us the measure of faith, and when we become aware of the faith that we possess, 
and then you speak opening your mouth things begin to happen start declaring hallelujah amen proverbs 18:21 one more time death and life are in the power say power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit what does that mean we all get the first part death and life are in the power of the tongue meaning the the tongue is powerful to produce death and life that's what it means what what about the rest of it those who love it will eat its fruit what does that mean whether it's death or life you will eat its fruit okay let me try to explain it better in simpler words the scripture is appealing to you dear christian that you must take responsibility over your words that's what it means if i can paraphrase it in a in a very simple manner this is what the scripture says those who love it must eat its fruit meaning you take responsibility for your words be responsible for your words be respond take responsibility for your words now you who have matured into adulthood must realize that the words that you speak is your responsibility okay as a child we speak gibberish but now that you've matured you have to take responsibility you have to stop blaming listen you have to stop blaming your circumstances you must stop blaming your um your parents you must stop blaming others you must stop blaming your past for the life that you have now and take responsibility for your life by taking responsibility over your words right when you were a child when and if your parents said something that would have hurt you maybe a teacher said something that would have stayed with you for a long time but now that you've come to the knowledge of God's law you've been born again you have access to God's word which tells you who you are in reality you must take responsibility over your life and you cannot say things like my my dad always used to say that you are no good for anything my teacher always said that you're never you're not not going to make it and that has stayed with me i'm sorry that was the past yeah. it's behind you now you have to take responsibility over your words speak death and life are in the power of your tongue those who love it what does that mean those who make friendship with this fact those who make friendship with the power of the tongue will reap the benefits it can give those who cherish the power of the tongue will eat the fruit of what it can produce are you with me yes hallelujah you got to make friendship with the power of the tongue it must be a a a close companion in your life the power of the tongue every every situation that you find yourself in you must confide it with the power of the tongue are you getting what i'm saying some of you look like okay what does that mean every situation that you find yourself in your tongue must be able to speak on behalf of you you found you're finding yourself in need your tongue must speak on behalf of you and create what you need those who love it will eat its fruit what are you need of you are you're lacking something you don't have money to live you speak in line with god's word
Now you have to check the condition of your tongue. Now your words can chart the course of your life. Just as the small rudder. I like, I love that illustration in, the, in God's word. The small rudder in a ship can decide the sail of the ship, the direction of the sail of the ship. A small rudder. A small bit or a bridle in the mouth of a horse can determine which direction the horse will run. Likewise, the tongue, a tiny small member in your body can determine the chart of your life, the course of your life. Got to love. Got to love the power of the tongue. Got to make friends with the power of the tongue. You have to cherish the power of the tongue. And the earlier you do it, the better for you. Because you are creating a future like no one's business. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you're waiting for, okay, let me see how things are going to come by. Let me see. Okay, 2020 was very, very bad. COVID happened. 2021 was really bad. The world was just recovering. Economy was all collapsing. 22 is just, okay, somehow managing. The problem is you are believing everything that the world told you. And you are just, your life is, and you are just wishing that your life will be the product of what the world brings. If it happens, it happens. That's the problem. You got to speak in line with God's word. You know, I remember one of the, one of the uh, services that we did, the online service that, that we did for, uh, during COVID. Uh, we did a Malayalam song. We all know the song. Devatenu stotram, Devatenu stotram, Devatenu stotram, Ennu mennekum. Then there's this, this uh, verse in that which I love. Shamagalatene, Kshema my potuna, Kshamagalatene, Kshema my potuna, Ivatinu stotram. It's a declaration of your tongue. In the time of famine, He will feed you out of His bounty. That's what it means. It's a declaration. It's a confession of your tongue. It's a confession of your, of your tongue. It's a faith declaration. You have seen, we have to rewire our tongue to speak the language of God's word. Like I said last week, you know, we, like if it takes for the altar coal of heaven to touch your lips, so be it. So be it. But change your language. Change your language. Don't adapt to the language of, of the world. We are pilgrims. Aliens. Your present can be traced back all the way to the words which you spoke with your tongue in the past. Your present can be traced back all the way to the words which you spoke with your tongue in the past. Whether good or bad. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, those who love it, those who love the power of the tongue will eat its fruit. Train your tongue to be aware of the power it has. 
Train your tongue to be aware of the power that it possesses. That your tongue is prophetic. Today everyone, everyone is search, everybody is searching for prophets. Everybody is searching for prophets. I wish the prophet would come by. You have a prophet in your mouth. Make acquaintance with your with the prophet in your mouth. Train the prophet to prophesy. And that, I like in the New Testament, the instruction is let everyone prophesy taking turns so that we may all learn to prophesy. That means there is a training that must happen to prophesy. Your tongue, the prophet must be trained to prophesy in line with God's word. You're prophesying all the wrong things in life. Got to change. Make the language of your mouth purposeful, full of purpose. It's a it can be a rigorous and hard training which you cannot do it on your own. You need the coaching of the Holy Spirit. And a sign up for that. You must sign up. Holy Spirit, I want that training in my life to change the way I speak. To change the language of of my mouth. You want to know how serious it is? Let's read Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, 33-37. Just to make you understand how serious a matter this is. Tell me about this is a serious matter. Say it loud. This is a serious matter. Very serious matter. Okay? Look at this. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out, out of his good treasure what is good. And the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak. Let's read that one more time. But I tell you, who is saying here? Say Jesus, not your pastor. Jesus is saying, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. On the day of reckoning. On the day of reckoning, you have to give an account for the words that you spoke. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. So Jesus is talking about the mouth. You all would have realized that by now. This, this passage is about the, about the mouth, about the tongue. Then he goes on to equate, just like we saw in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the book of Proverbs, he also equates words to fruits. He's saying a good, free, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. A good tree is known by its good fruit and a bad tree is known by its bad fruit. We say a tree is good by looking at the fruit. We say a tree is bad by looking at its fruit. And I like how the message Bible paraphrased this verse, especially the last two verses. I'm going to read it for you. Okay? I'll tell you every careless word, that one. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. Every 
every one of those careless words is going to come back to haunt you there will be a time of reckoning goes on to say words are powerful take them seriously say take them seriously today's lesson words are take them words are take them words can be your salvation words can also be your damnation that's what this the, the passage that we read means we are so used to the dnsb or nkjv or the kjv we sometimes miss out on what it actually means it means words are powerful take it seriously the words every careless word that you spoke is going to come back haunting you the word is haunting you is going to return to you words can be a salvation words can be your to your damnation also the, the see the more you realize how powerful your words are the better for you the earlier you realize how powerful your words are the better for you because you are waiting for somebody to bring you that big break you're you're waiting for somebody to change things for you you're waiting for something to happen so that you can make it big but the truth is there's a prophet sleeping in your mouth and if he wakes up he is not speaking the right words he is not being trained when the holy spirit convicts you of a misplaced word or a corrupt communication take that correction immediately say immediately so good practice i'm telling you good practice even today and if i feel the conviction like okay, something has been spoken wrongly immediately the holy the holy spirit will not miss out on convicting you about that he will not miss out we may miss out on sensing it but if you are sensitive you can know it every time you say something wrong sometimes i i speak with my children and you know when you're speaking with the children it's not like speaking to your church members you can be the father in the house the lion in the den that's how i am they call me the lion they call me king of oh, appa is king because that's how i behave to them you get whatever you want in all those things they say in a loving way so sometimes when i speak to them like a king king not the king that the bible wants me to be sometimes i may the king that i want to be and the lion that i want to be immediately i feel oh i said that to my children i said that to my my son who is looking up to me i said that to my daughter who is like you know treasuring everything that i say immediately correct yourself if you said something no that's not what i meant i'm sorry i this is what i wanted to say correct yourself or you place it right or you try to explain what you are trying to mean but don't leave it the way you said it sometimes later in the day the lord will remind it has happened to me many times later in the day the lord reminded that what you said to that person was not right and i'm like how did i miss it you miss it because you're not paying attention to me that's why we miss it it can happen to anybody 
but if you want to train your tongue to be a prophet you got to be ready for experiences like this when the holy spirit will come barging and say what you said is wrong on your face he will say wrong then you can't say i don't want you to question my language what to do you gave me the permission to do it if you give the holy spirit the permission to do it allow him to speak to you the way he wants to speak to you allow him to correct you the way he wants to correct you be a disciple be mentored don't talk back don't try to justify your stand or explain it he can see it all his knowledge is beyond your explanations his knowledge is beyond your silly excuses your silly excuses may work with the smartest person on the earth but not with the holy spirit hallelujah hallelujah come to terms with that you, you can fool any man you want but not god now i have realized so see being trained by the holy spirit in my speech over time this is a lesson that i've 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 made i've 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 learned that awkward silence is so much better than corrupt communication awkward silence is so much better than and you just want to say something and words are just bubbling in your tongue it's coming all over you right like you say you know from the talaver periveral from there it's coming racing up words that you want to blurt out but the holy spirit says keep quiet quiet awkward silence and i'm telling you i'm not used to it that is not the me that was i want to make my point very clear i've always been like that doesn't matter who is speaking i want to make my point very clear but what to do i gave permission to the holy spirit to correct me now he is doing it faithfully so even when the old nature shows up still the holy spirit you know very mercifully will correct me and said you you said that and i was trying to tell you to keep quiet but you said that immediately acknowledge the correction of the holy spirit and move on knowledge that's how you train your tongue to be a prophet if any man speaks one of my favorite scriptures in the bible if any man speaks let him speak the oracles of god pray it over you not if i speak i want to speak as a minister of the gospel of jesus christ and my words should not reveal anything else about me i'm far from it i know but i know that i'm i'm moving forward i'm progressing i'm growing in this area and i encourage you all to make progress increase in the wisdom like jesus increased in wisdom at the age of 12 the the teachers marveled at his words by the time he was 30 people were falling down at his words dead men were waking up at his words the tomb was becoming empty at his words was say wisdom 
is tuning into the higher reality of god sometimes it's the wisdom tells you leave room for god vengeance is mine the corrupted communication is so much better than corrupted communication the corrected communication you said something and you said sorry and you corrected it it is so much better than corrupted communication that which you said first time is always good to go back and correct something that you said you made a mistake and an error you can go back and say i am sorry about that i thought what i said was correct i i said it in the in the heat of the moment i was not connected to the holy spirit or i didn't listen to the holy spirit i was connected but i was not listening to the holy spirit i was listening to my flesh the fatality of loose speech is often undermined in today's christianity it's a fatal thing loose tongue is a fatal thing the church must teach i i would say one of the one of the number one teachings in the church today is must be to teach them how to speak if christians can get this area right the other things can can be easily fixed we must dread that one mistake of transgressing with our mouth must dread it and i i used to pray even now i pray lord keep me from error keep me from error keep me from speaking erroneously you must be a workman approved of god say approved of god not the approval of man you must seek the approval of god you might sound wrong in the ears of your listeners your audience and you think that they are all that you got but this one person who is bigger than all your audience and you must seek the approval of that one person his name is jesus christ the approval of uh, a 10000 strong or 1 million strong audience doesn't matter if you got it wrong before the before god you messed it up but if you can say something with the approval of god doesn't matter whether millions or billions are disproving or trying to come stand against you doesn't matter you said what god said and you stand by it and remember the okay i'm going to not a detour but okay something i want to take you somewhere the remember the account of the 12 spies who was sent out by moses to spy the land of canaan you all remember that story yeah moses sent out 12 one from each tribe to go out and spy the land of canaan which were being inhabited by other people and moses told the spies that's the land that god is going to give us go and check whether you see it's a, whether it's a land flowing with milk and honey whether it's a fertile place go and see how the people are etc 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 so god gave moses gave them instruction 12 of them went out i think they 
they spend 40 days spying the land. How many days? 40 days spying that small piece of land, 12 of them. After 40 days, they came back to Moses. They all gave the report. 10 of their reports were exactly the same. But two had a different report to give. Caleb and Joshua. Ten of them said, when we went there, we must not go up in battle against them. We must not go up because the people there are very strong. In fact, they look like giants in our eyes. And we see ourselves as grasshoppers. Ten of them. Majority. How much is 10 on 12 in percentage? Can take out the calculator. 83.33 percentage. If you get that much marks, you get distinction in school. 83.33 percentage. That's the majority. Whereas the 17 percentage, less than 17 percent said, we can go up. We can subdue them and we can possess the land. Caleb said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are able, well able, he said, we are well able to overcome them. They all saw the same thing. They all took down the same notes, made the same observation. But the perspective was different. Ten of them came back and said, they look like giants, giants and we look like grasshoppers. We cannot go up against them. We will lose. Two of them said, we can. We, will, we are well able to overpower them. So what happened? Forty days, forty days spying, God was angry towards their report. For every day they spent spying, God, they gave them an ear of wandering. They wandered in the wilderness of 40 years. 40 years. One for every day they spent spying. Because they came back with the wrong report. What else? Furthermore, it goes on to say, none of them entered the promised land from that generation except Caleb and Joshua. See how fatal your words can be. They were, they were relying on observation. They were relying on facts. They were relying on, you know, what they could gather, their analysis and their judgment. It was a piece of information. It was facts. And 10 of them agreed on that. But God was not happy. See, listen, God is not happy just because you took sides with the majority. God is not going to be happy. God is not going to be happy because you went by what you saw. What pleases God is not your sight, but your faith. Only faith can please God. You go, you saw everything, came back and said, we can't. No faith, that is unbelief. You went, you saw everything and you came back and said, we can. That is faith. God was pleased with those who said, we cannot. And God was Pleased with those who said we can. Hallelujah. God considered the report of the ten as rebellion. 
they were made to bear the guilt for 40 years don't speak plainly without thinking so what's happening this is what this is what i saw and this is what i understood no apply the wisdom of god without meditating don't speak always bring god into the equation always bring god into what you saw your perception must be shaped by the wisdom of god Amen. but all the books are saying that's how it is all the scholars are saying that's how it is it's been reported by everyone that's how it is i'm sorry what does god say Amen. what does god say but the medical report said that's fatal but the, the the scan came back saying that's fatal you're going to die what does god say wisdom of god speak in line with the wisdom of god your speech is the approval to what you see or you speech your speech can be the approval of what god sees you can make the choice what you say can be the approval of what you see or your what you say can be the approval of how god sees Say it's serious matter. Serious Tell your neighbor serious matter. Serious. serious matter. Very serious matter. Take it very seriously. Words are so powerful. Take it very seriously. And teach your children to put a premium on their words. Teach your children to think before they speak. Yes. To be slow in speech. now we want our children to be very smart. They must wherever they go they must be able to blabber everything and you know captivate the audience. that's not the way of god let them think before they speak even a fool if he keeps quiet is considered that's the way, that's the wisdom of god teach your child talk in moderation and if they talk let them talk the oracles of god hallelujah oh i have no money to live that might be a fact that you see the printout said your bank account is empty but by stating that you are not pleasing god by stating what you see on a piece of paper you are not pleasing god by stating what the word says you please god my god shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory amen the atm slip says zero balance but god says according to his riches and glory you can have your statements your passbook says no savings but god says i will take care of you hallelujah the pain in your body says it's it's growing bigger it's it's becoming worse and you know it it feels like you're going to die by stating that you're not pleasing god but you deny you deny that you say i refuse to be sick I don't want to stay sick. The pain is going to leave. Amen. I'm healed. Amen. I'm healthy. I'm full of the life of God. Amen. Man, tongue is powerful. Life and death resides upon your tongue. Teach your prophet to prophesy. Today there are a lot of other ambitions which are kind of um, eclipsing this one ambition that you must actually have. A lot of things are like you know standing in the way. 
But your ambition must be to speak like Jesus. When somebody comes running to you, there's no wine in the house. You say, wait, my time is not at come. You must speak like that. And so, oh, there's no wine in the house. Okay, let's all go running. Go to the nearest district. Let's, uh, you know, break open the shop and get some wine. That's how we behave. Jesus said, no, my time has not yet come. Wait. A couple of minutes later, maybe, I don't know how many minutes transpired after that, he told, his, he told the servants, come, draw water, fill the water pot and serve it. Fine came. Did it come? It came. Today morning also when the prayer was being made, you know, uh, Nisha was saying, saying, don't make rash decisions. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Hold on. He will come through. Sometimes how people make rash, rash decisions to, you know, to, to be in debt. I can go and borrow some money. You know, I have a reminder. In fact, this third time God is reminding me of this cartoon strip. You know, Pastor Vin used to be in charge of the, the cartoon strips that uh, were used to be put up in the camps that we used to attend. And there's this one cartoon strip which has stayed with me for a very, very, very long time. I can't remember since when. You must remember this. You know, a person digging for treasure keeps digging, 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 digging. And so it's like a, it's all different, uh, what do you call it? Boxes, right? So each box shows that he is progressing. He's digging for treasure. Okay? And then finally, the last trip shows, he turned back and gave up. There are two, two people shown parallel, right? So the one on, on top just reached and he gave up and he's turning back. The other guy raised the, the axe, uh, the shovel, whatever it is, the tool which he has. And he's going to make the last strike and there's one, maybe two millimeters or one centimeter thickness of earth between him and the treasure. That's how we live our lives. We sometimes miss out things by the the skin of the teeth. We're so close to the miracle, but we give up because we're entertaining so, so many thoughts. We are dealing with so much of information. Mind is so cluttered. We cannot focus on faith. Now, faith cannot prevail in the midst of clutter. Faith cannot thrive. It cannot come to effect when you're cluttered with thoughts and with you know, anxious thoughts and doubts. If you have, that's why you said, if you have faith like a, without doubting, everything else will feed your doubt. So sometimes I tell people, the best thing to do when you are, you know, waiting on God for a miracle is switch off your phone and disconnect from everyone else and stay with God. You might be easily able to reach your miracle. Then discuss it with like 10 different people giving you 10 different or 100 different opinions. And one person can give multiple opinions. That's the lesson that the disciples learned during the entire tenure of them being disciples under Jesus Christ is let's ask the master and let's see what he says. It's a lesson that we must adapt in our lives. What does, what does Jesus say concerning this matter? And take it to the Lord in prayer. I love that song. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything 
Now we, there are certain things that we keep aside. I don't want to take it to the Lord because it seems very childish to take it to the Lord. I may as well take it to my best friend and discuss with him. Or I can take it to a consultant and discuss with him. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. That's why we bear needless pain. We doesn't have to do that. We don't have to do that. We don't have to go through the struggles. The only reason why a Christian struggles in his life is because of lack of transparency with the Holy Spirit. That's the only reason. If you keep bits and pieces of your life away from access to God or away from the access of the Holy Spirit, not allowing the Holy Spirit to come into those spaces, you will struggle concerning those areas. From morning onwards, God has been speaking that in this church, give room, make room. Leave room for God. Leave room for God. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor it's a serious matter. Take your words seriously. Man, watch your words. Watch your words. Watch your tongue. And what you speak today, you will see tomorrow. Will catch, your words will catch up with you soon. Your words will catch up with you soon. Soon it will overtake you. Your communication will catch up with you soon. But the good news is by the Holy Spirit can reverse the ill effects of what you have spoken. You can cancel it out. The meditation of my heart, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Now this is... Now, this is a culture that we have to develop in the family. I'm telling you, no school will teach you this. You, you send your schools thinking, okay, they're going to they're gonna teach good things, all good things that they need in life. Teachers will teach them. They'll take care of it. I'm telling you, no school, unless we have teachers like this in schools, I'm, I'm telling you, no school will teach these things. It's not part of any curriculum today. It used to be at one point of time, but not anymore, not anymore, not anymore. It's not part of any curriculum today. The world has come to such a depraved state it's not part of any curriculum anymore no syllabus in the world today teaches the value of words the way the bible speaks about it hallelujah say words words are powerful develop this culture cultivate this culture in your home now be on your husband's case if he is talking loose. Pounce on your wife if, he, if she is talking loose. With love, of course. Not, with, not unlike with anger, but be on their cases. And tell them, speak to them in love and show them. The reason why we are not progressing is because we are not speaking right. That's the truth. Accept it, admit it. Admit it. And you keep saying, oh, my husband is a loser. He's no good. He's not going to make, he's never been a, of any good to the family. You keep saying that, nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to change. But you have to start blessing. Bless your spouse. Call your wife a fruitful vine in the middle of your house. Get up in the morning and praise your wife. That's what the Bible says. Who can find an excellent wife? She shall be praised by her husband 
and her children. Now speak, speak in line with God's word to your children. Now in your anger, oh, what all we say in anger? I didn't have, mm, I didn't get my sleep. Mm, and you're speaking every kind of nonsense that you can over your child. And they go to school with the burden of all the words, all the wounds, all the pain that you inflicted on them. They go to school and they find some stupid fellow in the, in the class who shares some sympathy with this person. And your child will start listening to this stupid guy. With all the rubbish that he or she pours out. Why? Because there's somebody to love. Somebody to connect. Back in my home, before I speak a word, my, my parents are like, I may, I may rather go and sit with this good friend, kind friend who listens to me. After a few years, your child will become just like that kind, kind friend. Dumb and stupid. Making all kinds of weird decisions. Following after the wrong things. Involved with all kinds of perverse behavior. And you're wondering why I raised my child so well. So you thought. So you thought. You distance your child with your words. You push your child away with your angry words. And your child finds solace in somebody else. That becomes an influence, a room for the devil to play in your child's life. Hallelujah. Amen. Let it not be like that. Don't allow. Now, see, every sphere in which you have authority, you have authority in your home. You have authority as a, as a father, you have authority over your home. Your husband, you have authority over your wife. You have authority over your children. As a mother, you have authority over your children. You have authority over your home. What happens in your home must be in subjection to what you speak. It has to be like that. It's a law. You are an authority. Use your authority. Ask your prophet to speak something nice. Pleasant words. I hope you already started speaking pleasant. Cutting sugar. Your words are sweeter than sugar. Sweeter than honey. Honeycomb. I, I hope some of you started hearing honeycomb. Honey. From your husband's mouth or vice versa. Practice these things. Practice these things. Practice these things. Amen. Hallelujah. Speaking the truth in love must be your motto. Speaking the truth in love. If people reject you for you speaking the truth, all right, it'd be. But you must not resign from speaking the truth in love. Hallelujah. Words are. Take it. Tell your name a very serious matter. It's very serious. It's extremely serious. Man. Hallelujah. Your words can be to your salvation or your words can be to your condemnation. Damnation. Hallelujah. Take it very seriously. Refine your tongue. 
refine the product of your mouth. And see, just because you, you messed up one time, just because you messed up two times, you messed up over a period of time, don't stop. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on it. Don't give up. It's like I said, no man can do it. The Bible says no man can do it. I'm telling you, I cannot do it. I'm being very honest with you. I may be your pastor, but I'm being very frank before you. I cannot do it. But the Holy Spirit can. And that's my confidence. The Holy Spirit can help you refine your speech. Hallelujah. And encourage. You know, cultivate, and cultivate a culture where you encourage each other. Stimulate one another to be good in this area. And if somebody says, oh, what you said is wrong, don't get offended. Yeah, that's right. What I said is wrong. That's right. What, you said is, what I said is wrong. I need to correct what I said. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you happy this morning? Did you receive something this morning? Yes. Let's give thanks. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us so powerfully this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is all that we need. It's life-giving. It is life-giving. It is life-changing. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us that words are powerful, so powerful than we thought it was. Lord, even reminding us that our words will catch up with us one day. Lord, we want to make corrections, Lord, in the way we speak. Lord, we, our lives, we want our lives to be the display of God's wisdom and knowledge. We want the world to see and understand the prudence and the wisdom of God in the way we speak, in the way we behave, in the way we decide things. Hallelujah. Help us, we pray. Help us, we pray. Help us, we pray. We pray, Lord, that this will, be, this will become the culture of this church. This will become the culture of our families, our homes. May we put a premium on our words. May we not lose about what we say. May we celebrate awkward silences rather than coarse jesting. That's right. May we celebrate the word fitly spoken over godless chatter, which can make, maybe pe make people laugh for us. We don't want to be entertainers to this world. We don't want to entertain each other with what we say. We want to edify and exhort and bring about the likeness of God when we speak. Impart. The wisdom of God, not the wisdom of man. We pray Lord, that you will take away every foul language, every evil language, Lord, from our tongue. Help us, we pray. Help us. We need your help in this. We surrender ourselves, Lord. We subject ourselves to the standards of, the, of, standards of God, the righteous standards of God. Present ourselves as members of instruments of righteousness. And we believe, Lord, from this day on, we're going to see change. We're going to experience change. We believe. We're going to speak as the oracles of God. We're going to speak life. We're going to speak prophetically. We believe it. We declare it. Today we declare that our tongue is going to be the greatest prophet that we ever meet. 
not a word will fall to the ground not a word will fall to the ground like it was said of samuel the prophet when he spoke not a word fell to the ground we want to be there we we crave to be there we desire to be there and we 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 believe that we going to be there what we say will not fall to the ground it'll not return empty but it'll accomplish like how you speak like how you speak every time we open our mouth we want to be purposeful like how jesus was purposeful you were purposeful when you opened your mouth hallelujah you sat down and opened your mouth to speak to your disciples hallelujah what you taught is recorded in the annals of history generations have been blessed entire human race is blessed because of what you said in a span of 3 and 1/2 years if your words can make such an impact or we want to be there we want to be there in that place where we, what we speak will make an impact lasting impact in this generation upon this generation we ask for your grace in this area help us we pray in jesus name we pray amen amen hello this is nishad dilakoshi i'm sure this podcast has blessed you do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected may god bless you